Imagine, if you will, taking a journey to the furthest boundaries of thought, where walls stand to contain what you think of as known reality. Imagine now, discovering that these walls are nothing but thoughts, made up to limit your experience as conscious being. These walls, when seen, crumble into the sea of nothing from whence they came, revealing what we refer to here as the Miracle Soup. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Miracle Soup with your host Christoph Heinen. In this episode today we are joined by Soraya Sizemore, who is a life coach as well as a shamanic breathwork um, practitioner. I had the pleasure of having a session with Soraya a couple years ago and it was a very profound experience for me. She taught me the shamanic breathwork protocol, which is very similar to holotropic breathing, so I've heard. And it was just a a really powerful, um, it's like a little powerful medicine ceremony done in an afternoon um, with really powerful effects. In this episode, we talk a little bit, uh, we get into the first half is really more about Soraya's story, her journey. The second half, we get more into sort of the nitty gritty of of, uh, what shamanism actually is. And we talk about holotropic breathing, how holotropic breathing affects change, how it can help um, access the um, shamanic or the, you know, non-physical, non-ordinary states of consciousness. Um how wonderful it is that it, you know, doesn't really have any side effects. You don't have to buy any medicine or anything like that. It can be done in the safety of your own home. Um, So as with every episode, I've just, I really got a lot out of this conversation with Soraya. I hope you do too. Um, Make sure if you feel resonant to check out her website, uh, which I list below in the show notes. Um, yeah, I mean, just within every episode here on Miracle Soup, I really, I, each time I get something that I take away and I apply, and it sort of changes the course of, of my life and sets me up for the next step. So I really um, hope that you guys enjoy this show with Sarai Sizemore. And um, yeah, give this breathing thing, uh, give this breathing a chance, you know. If you've ever heard of it before, holotropic breathing. There's practitioners who can be found. I know Soraya lives in the Bay Area. You could have a session with her. Um, it's powerful stuff. And and um, this episode, if you listen through it, you'll um, you'll walk away with a good a good handful of of little nuggets, of little actionable steps that can really kind of set your life in a different direction too, and kind of get you. Um, a little unstuck, become more aware of your patterns, um, be aware, being coming aware of the burnout potential in this society and information overload, that kind of thing. And um, Soraya really offers some great tools and some great reminders on how to just like slow down and enjoy life more and, and become more integrated into the person that you are really destined to be. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Soraya Sizemore.
Hi, Soraya. Thanks so much for joining Miracle Soup today. I really appreciate you coming on board. Hi, thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, I like to start with this question, and I've started it for the last maybe four interviews. And um, it's sort of a basic question is, how did you get to be what you're doing? You're a full-time um, coach and healer. But specifically, what was sort of the shadow aspect of your life? Like, what was the pain point that sort of catalyzed that um, journey into doing what you do as a healer? And you don't have to be like too personal or anything, but um, whatever's comfortable. But I, I kind of like that sort of like a theme, um, how like those difficult struggles in life, you know, catapult us into learning something or moving into some area of our life that's um, really wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I believe that our life experiences are really, you know, you, you can go and get certified to be a coach or a counselor and you can learn all of these different healing modalities um, and get some skills. But at the end of the day, I, I really believe that our life experience is our biggest training ground for <laughs> being in service to others because it gives us um, a, a real ability to identify with other people's experiences and empathize and um, understand what they've gone through. And, um, you know, I think there are different schools of thought on this, but when appropriate, it's okay to share a little bit about your experience with someone else because it helps them identify with you and know that they're not alone and that you're somebody that's maybe been through similar things, who's overcome those things and who's offering that medicine in the world. And um, so, yeah, I think my whole life um, has groomed me to be, um, doing what I'm doing right now. I had a challenging childhood. I grew up um, in, a, in the country in Louisiana. Um, my parents were these wild um, hippie, holy roller types that smoked a lot of weed and used a lot of drugs and alcohol and were not really available to me as um, guides and protectors like a parent or like parents should be. And um, so I, um, because they were into Jesus and they were very spiritual, um, also taught me about God and taught me about Jesus at a really young age. And so I had this, this anchor, this, that, that I'm in probably like three or four years old I learned about God and Jesus. And so when things would get really tumultuous in my home, I would, you know, go outside in the woods and um, commune with nature and pray. I would pray mm. to God and Jesus because this was like this outlet my parents had given me to deal with challenging things. And so that is really my first experience with like, spirituality and prayer and how to lean on nature and spirituality and prayer as a way to um, cope with the challenges of life. 
and that kind of, you know, fast forward getting into like shamanic work. Um, I don't call myself a shaman, but I off, I do work shamanically mm-hmm. <laughs> in the ways that I work, which is really based on prayer and connection with spirit and the spirits of nature and understanding that all things have this animating spirit and um, this, this medicine and information and teachings for us. So, um, so that's really when it started is, is when I was very, very young and, um, and then, you know, going through my teenage years and early twenties also got into, um, drugs and alcohol and a lot of partying and being wild and not really being responsible in my life. Um, like taking the conventional route with, um, college and all this and um kind of getting out there a little bit sometimes um god and and my relationship to spirit and growth in that way has been my anchor and Hmm. you know eventually got to the point where i just it was undeniable that i was here to share that with other people and to help them find that anchor help them to find their anchor maybe it's spirituality maybe it's something else but just helping people find that anchor in this like wild swirling world. I can hear the, the pounding. (laughs) There's a construction going on above Soraya's head. So I think she's moving to save for self care. And yeah, we'll just integrate that into the podcast. It's all good. It's all part of life, you know? Yeah. It's like a knocking from the higher self. It's like yeah, symbolic God. of, like, hello, people. <laughs> totally. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Listen up. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it was like the, you'd say the, so, so you had this um, sort of like foundation of spirituality from your parents who weren't very available, but at least they gave you that. And so, um, and so that so that was sort of strengthened, and then through the drugs and alcohol, and sort of getting lost, that kind of like fortified it even even stronger. It sounds like your like your connection to spirit and your desire to learn mm-hmm. healing healing ways. Yeah, well, I think a lot of the al- the drugs and alcohol were were like searching for spirit and wanting for something, to connect, yeah, wanting to connect with 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 something bigger and really get out there and experience the just the the depths of reality and perception and um and all of that you know that was something that's always been really interesting to me so um but when you're dabbling in that you know you're surrounded by other people that are dabbling in things and you know definitely found myself surrounded by people who were um, using like the darker shade of, of substances, methamphetamine, crack cocaine, um, you know, and stuff like that. And really coming up close and personal with the shadow of, of drug, drug addiction and alcoholism, just like seeing how my friends Um, some of my friends and also my mother, my mother became addicted to crack cocaine when I was about 17 years old. Um, and just really experiencing her downward spiral, spiral, 
um, and kind of really seeing the shadow, the really dark shadow of, of drug and alcohol addiction and how it destroys um, lives in a really powerful way. Yeah, no doubt. So, so do you, do you find yourself working with a lot of um, addict people with addictions and you feel like you have like an insight into helping them? Is that part of like your calling? Um, yeah, I do have an insight. Um, I have, you know, my own approach. I would say my, I, I bow to and have a lot of reverence for um, programs like Alcoholics Anonymous and, you know, 12 step programs and um, um, different ways to treat addiction that um, I'm not trained in or, or skilled at. And right would never say that what I do would be a replacement for that. Um, I would say that um, what I do is I help people discover their relationship with, um, with medicine. Like what is their relationship mm. with the substances that they're putting into their body that everything is medicine. Is it, is it good medicine? Right. <laughs> is helpful medicine or is it is it bad medicine is it harmful medicine is it poison to the body you know and that um through having a more conscious relationship with what you're putting into your body you might um be able to change how uh you will depend like your dependencies on um different substances um and at the same time through um uh, addressing the feelings um, and the emotions and the experiences that um, we experience as humans, learning to feel and clear and re release, that also lessens the need or the impulse to use substances to escape having to feel or be in your body or be in your experience. Mm -hmm. And so the, that approach works really well for some people who mm -hmm. struggle with um, um, unhealthy habits, which is really funny. I'm, I'm giving a workshop on Sunday on unhealthy, healing unhealthy habitual patterns. Oh, um, nice. You know, and, you know, for some that, that they need a little bit more to support them in yeah. um, confronting and healing their addiction. So um, you know, just like everything, it, it, it's, it's medicine for some, and then for others, they need something a little bit different or a little more. Yeah. What, what do you think about like, you know, now with cannabis being legalized and it's, it's like, you see billboards of it and social media is just like, it's almost like every other meme on my social media feed is like this new thing about how amazing cannabis is for you. Mm. And like, I don't know, it's kind of funny because it's, you don't really hear much of the negative effects of it anymore it's all just like it's so wonderful everyone should do it but there kind of is a, a part that isn't really so helpful right and like so how what's your take on like cannabis use and um do, do you find it like healing or sort of like counterproductive gosh that's such a big question <laughs> <laughs> um well as someone who um so grew up with parents who smoked a lot of cannabis. Um, and also, you know, my mom taught me how to smoke weed when I was um, 
14 years old to basically deal with my feelings. Like I had, I had a really terrible phone call with, um, there's the saws in the background. (laughs) Um, a phone call with my father and, um, and she knew I had been stealing her weed. She knew I was smoking and she was like, do you want to smoke some weed? And she taught me basically how to roll a joint and all the etiquette around it. And, um, and so through my teenage years, you know, I smoked a lot of weed and I really leaned on weed. It was just what my parents did. It was a way of life. It's how, what most people in Louisiana did that I was around. And, um, and so I have strong opinions about um, leaning on anything to avoid feeling um, at this point in my life on my journey, you know, what I've learned. And that I think um, that if, if cannabis is being used as a way to sidestep being with your body and feeling difficult feelings, um, that it, it's like, not necessarily good medicine because I believe that for us to, as humans, the way that we're designed to really like heal, healing means like coming back into our wholeness, um, that for us to really heal, we have to make the space to feel the uncomfortable feelings and, um, and release them and love ourselves through that experience uh, versus sidestepping feeling because that's how our nervous system is designed is to feel and shake and clear the, the um, fight or flight response or, you know, that the nervous system response so we can reset ourselves. And so, so I think that it stunts growth in that way. Um, I also think that cannabis, um, is a really amazing pain reliever and, you know, using CBD without the kind of, um, psychoactive, you know, without the THC, um, is very healing for the body and, um, has been very healing for me having really difficult PMS and cramps and things like that. And so, I think using it in that way, people with chronic disease or cancer or glaucoma or chronic pain, that it is really good medicine. But um, just plastering on a billboard that it's going to make all of your cares go away, I think is just like right in alignment with like the alcohol billboards, like, oh, had a stressful day at work, go pick up a six pack and yeah, or do you want to be cool and attract chicks? Drink this vodka or whatever. Yeah, yeah. if you drive through, through San Francisco, I mean, it's it's all like alcohol. It's like alcohol, cannabis, and tech companies, which totally. like all go together, right? Because when totally. you're a tech company, chances are you might be like working way outside of the range of like 40 hours a week and then you feel stressed and then you you need a quick like decompress and then you have some drinks or you smoke some weed but then that depletes your system and then you go back into work and you're working 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 and you don't really have the juice and then you feel stressed and it's just this like this cycle that a lot of people are finding themselves in right now yeah, because man, it's just like this is just a 
a stressful time, it seems, for a lot of us. It's yeah. just there's so much stimulus and so much to do. Yeah. And I know like your work has to do a lot with um, like preventing burnout or dealing with burnout. And it's like you're right in, are you, you're in Oakland again? I, I'm living in Marin, but my, um, my office is in Berkeley. Yeah, so you're right in the Bay Area and just kind of the, the thick of just burnout central, it seems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think burnout, like, has to be, like, first of all, there's a spectrum, you mm-hmm. know, like, I think where there's, like, you know, feeling feeling tired and feeling overstretched, and that turns into, like, overwhelm, and that turns into, like, exhaustion, and then the exhaustion and overwhelm just kind of amplifies, and then that turns into, like, like a a severe anxiety and depression and then you have the anxiety and depression and the overwhelm and the exhaustion and then you get into like can't get out of bed don't have any real inspiration to do anything and and that's like the real extreme kind of other at like end of the burnout spectrum okay so can i ask you a question then so like you used to be in like burnout um like executive working um situation right you used to work for a tech company and then so i'm curious like how did you make that transition from from that world into this world of being um like a a breath worker and a healer and a coach like was that because you got burned out and like how do i how do i do it yeah pretty much And, (laughs) and it happened in my early 20s i moved to california when i was 21 i had like landed a job in Louisiana at a home health software billing company. And it was a DOS-based software. I was 18 years old. I just turned 18 and I started working at this company and I just learned the software and I moved into tech support and gained enough experience to move to California and to get into the, it was like, this was 99. So it was like the dot-com industry before, you know, start people use things like startup. Um, and uh, so I moved out and um, I just started working, like jumping in full steam ahead. Like, you know, at that age, you have a lot of energy and I really needed to prove myself and do a good job. And, you know, like anytime anybody asked me to do anything, I was like, I can do that. Like, you know, I can do that. I can, <laughs> sure. Like you need to, uh, uh, an internet administrator. I can do that. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> like sure I can do that and the next thing you know I'm like working till 10 like 11 midnight at you know trying to figure out how to code and do all this stuff I didn't know how to do and putting all this pressure on myself and um and I got really sick I got um my my immune system got so compromised because I was like working so hard and I was also partying you know I was like going out and going to rave parties and taking MDMA and drinking and stuff like that too, you know? Um, and, uh, I got shingles at like 21, which is a really, which is really rare for somebody that age to get shingles and shingles is just like the adult version of, um, of chicken pox. But if you have chicken pox, you can get shingles, but, but it's like, it's something that more older people get or, or people that are like really severely stressed out. And so it's a stress related. 
like sign, right? I, like the whole right side of my body went numb and I broke out into these sores. And then I went to my boss. I told my boss like, hey, I, something's wrong with me. I need to take some time off. And then he berated me. He was really, really not okay with, with the whole situation. And um, yeah, so I, that was my first experience with like burning myself out and getting sick. And, and it took, I would say it took a couple years um, of that kind of cycle before I got help. And I found, that's when I found Kundalini yoga mm. and meditation. I was 23 and I was working at um, M audio, a audio tech company. And, um, and uh, my roommate was going to these yoga classes and I was just having these like frequent breakdowns. I was like crying in the kitchen. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm just like crying about my life, my family. I hadn't dealt with any of my family baggage or anything. And he's like, hey, I, I think you should um, come to this yoga class with me. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, I'll do anything. Like, I'll go. And, um, and then I went and, um, and I just like knew that I was supposed to be there, you know, and, and, I wasn't very strong and I just did what I could. And like one class turned into like two classes, turned into three classes, turned into like volunteering, turned into like morning sadhana. And I bonded with my teacher and my first Kundalini teacher became my first breathwork teacher and Celtic shamanism teacher. And, mm. you know, and, um, and so that was kind of the, the beginning of where I am now. And that was 23, I'm 41 now. And so I eventually started teaching Kundalini on the side. And so for many, many years in my tech career, I, I worked as a QA engineer yeah. <laughs> and then I taught Kundalini yoga on the side and, um, and really desperately wanted to transition out of working in tech. And, and then I, you know, found out about this life coaching thing and, you know, I was like, what's that, you know? Oh, okay. I can work with people one-on-one -on -one and then just figured out how to get the skills that I needed to transition into doing full-time healing and coaching work. So it was a long trans, like a long crossfade. Yeah. I like yeah, I've, I've always, uh, how long have we known each other? Like six years, like five or six years. Five or six years. I've always really admired how you do what you do, like how you've just, yeah, there's all these boring jobs you can get, but you've like created this life for yourself. You've created this, like you do the health coaching and you're doing the, the healing. And it's like, I just want to say that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, you've always just, that's really been inspiring to me. I haven't quite, you know, like launched that plane into the air yet, but, but it's, um, it, it's pretty remarkable that you just like carved that out for yourself. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> it takes a lot of, um, I think, you know, I, ha I have to say that I think what helped me do it is that I'm, I've had to be willing to like jump off the cliff, mm -hmm. you know, um, and um, like take some pretty incredible risks and really lean on um, prayer and faith and yeah. like 
and devotion and uh, to something greater than myself that is driving me towards my purpose. And that there have been times where I've just had to like muster every, with every cell in my body, you know, just, just really willing it to be because it's not easy mm -hmm. the unconventional route and not having the 401k and the mm -hmm. regular check and you know all the stability of all of that it's yeah. it's it's challenging at times yeah. what would you say though that because because you're you teach this kind of thing that it, it like empowers you to actually like live it more like by teaching it it like kind of embodies it oh yeah for you yeah and i can't hide from my shit you know yeah, like totally. it is to be in integrity with what i'm teaching and what i'm sharing with others and that means that i have to face the hard things and feel them and and be honest and uh about the things that i have to address in myself um to to heal myself and to be whole, you know, if we want to be a healer, we have to heal ourselves. That is like the number one rule. I think yeah. is, you know, not, not to me, it doesn't mean that you have to be a hundred percent healed, um, to offer healing or offer your medicine in the world, but, um, definitely have to be willing to peel back the layers and, look at yourself in a very honest way and that can make for a really interesting life you know, <laughs> um, you know? yeah especially when you're not like numbing it out with whatever is so comfortable just to numb out with and you have to actually like apply the things you're learning and go forward with the with yeah. your plans and your goals and your visions and you can't just numb out yeah just yeah. be complacent you know can't just numb out and that means that I need a lot of help mm. so how do you do that what, what do you get like a like a you have your own healers you have your own sort of team of support I do yeah, yeah. I have I have a really awesome team of support and nice and have no problem asking for help and humbling myself and being like I don't know how to do this I feel stuck you know or just like you know and and getting support from my mentors and healers and coaches um that i that help me and i'm very fortunate to have a really amazing team of of like very skilled people in my life that help me out nice i'm taking little notes as i'm going little bullet points and it's just like i'm getting this little collection of like just like awesome little nuggets of um <laughs> Of stuff. Okay, I was so I'm wondering if we can transition a little bit into the actual work that you do. Like, first of all, this this question came up that I've never really thought about before, but I wanted to ask you: How would you define shamanism? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it, yeah. Yeah. I'll let you answer that. Yeah. Um. Well, first, I just want to say that I know that the word shamanism or, or like the label of shaman is, um, it can be triggering for some people to hear that word used, especially pe people um, who are very sensitive to the struggles and the injustices that 
indigenous people have suffered. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really important for me to just like bring that up. I, I think as we kind of go into the subject of shamanism, mm -hmm. that um, I, I use that term because it, I find it is, it is the most, it is the best term to describe what it is that I do and the way that I work but have moved away from widely using that term because I want to be really respectful of like the real shaman. The real shamans are from Siberia. Right. <laughs> they are, you know, and then that word was adopted and um, to describe the, you know, Native, Native American and, and South American medicine people and medicine people all over the world. Like shamanism is found all over the world in almost every culture there is this history of having a medicine person or a shaman or a spiritual healer in the tribe um of uh, in cultures all all over the world so mm -hmm. um the way that i describe shamanism is the practice of um of paying attention to and and listening to the spirit that resides in everything hmm. in the stones and the water and the fire and the plants and the animals and that every everything in that exists in this three-dimensional world three-dimensional world has a spirit or an animating life force that um can that we can learn from that we can get guidance from that we can um identify with sometimes you know because we all ultimately come from the same source right so it is the practice of slowing down and tuning in and having reverence for the animating life force that exists in all things all beings yeah and the belief that um, there is spirit or like mana um, in in all beings and things that we can use respectfully and through asking to help us out that we can access this spirit energy to help us out and there are different different spirits or beings like helpful helping spirits and beings that um we we can ask for help and that it also includes our ancestors and the the spirits of our ancestors that um that through prayer and through this asking we can access um this really powerful help that's a really beautiful answer i've never heard it put that way shamanism is listening to the the spirit and everything just like, yeah. And, and, and I really, I, I really love this book Course in Miracles so much. Just, I just keep, you know, just keep sticking with it. And one of the things I like so much about that it sort of ties in with what you just said is that the Holy Spirit uses this world of form to help us to awaken to the truth and it'll use situations and, and orchestrate different, um, circumstances just like in the hindu philosophy they call it the leela you know when the guru or the the supreme being will like, like use these different situations to help us to remember like our our truth and, and even when that's like really hard right it's yeah it's that's like the bitter medicine that helps us to like snap out of it and to awaken oh gotta remember that one um 
the ancestor part. How, how, I just actually, I think I saw a little video that you put on um, Facebook about ancestors. And how, how, do you, how do you sort of bring that in with somebody who's like coming to you for life coaching or something? Do you just kind of like have to ease them into it? Like all of a sudden, like, oh, you want a better career? Let's talk about your ancestors or, or something. <laughs> well, I try not to spring that on people, um, uh, you know, without them knowing what they're getting themselves into. So a lot of the times if somebody... Um, well, at this point, a lot of people, I think, can gather what I'm up to based on like my reviews on Yelp, or if they go to my website, or, you know, or the Facebook page, they can see there's like some spiritual component to the way mm -hmm. that I work. But um, if somebody comes to me for life coaching, I just let them know that I don't work as necessarily as a conventional life coach, that, that you know, we can get coachy, I can help them identify their goals and create a plan and be accountable and um, look at the sticking points that they come across. But, um, you know, I believe that if we're having a hard time in our lives where we need some coaching and we're feeling uh, stuck, that there is an underlying energetic component that is preventing us from moving forward. And that can that can show up in different layers. It can show up as like subconscious data that we have accumulated through this lifetime, like being born into this world and our subconscious is a recording and it's recording all of the experiences that we've gone through and difficult experiences. And then that creates the, the data that um, is that our system uses to keep us safe. Right. And it can be, um, it, it, it's not that evolved. And so it can create these blocks that maybe aren't necessary. And so there's all that, right? Mm -hmm. And then there is um, the, um, the information um, that has been passed down to us through our DNA, through the code of our DNA. Um, and, and some people believe this, some people don't. I'm, I'm really just like, I come from the philosophy that like check out information on DNA memory and epigenetics and all this stuff. And if it resonates with you and it really kind of lights you up and it feels true in your body, then go with it. And for myself, it feels true to me um, that we, that, that, that like the imprint of the experiences that our ancestors have gone through gets passed down through our DNA you know, and so maybe in our family line, there's a long history of, um, you know, of alcohol, alcoholism or abuse or poverty, and that these imprints that come from lives lived, lives lived in this kind of vibration and imprint gets passed down through our DNA memory, and that we have this information in the root system of our tree right mm -hmm. so we've got the ancestral stuff and the dna and then we've got the um we've got the subconscious programming that we've been taking in from the time that we were a kiddo um and and then we also have all of the stuff that we're picking up on from other people you know mm -hmm. we're really like perceptive um beings and we very spongy beings and so we pick up all of this like subconscious information 
of like what's going on with like people in the bar or your partner or you know your animals or whatever and so the, yeah. all of that is like in this soup <laughs> yeah. underneath the like conscious like gotta find a good career and pay my bills and you know be responsible and communicate well and all this right so um so that was a bit of a tangent but um how it relates to working with your ancestors you know um oh yeah you asked me about um coaching when somebody comes for coaching so i try to explain that to people right like, right you know, like we can come up with some steps and things to do, but you're not going to be able to do them if you don't address, this is just how I work and what I think, if you don't under address the, the disease and the root system, you know? And so that's where the Kundalini yoga and breath work and sound healing and shamanic healing gets really effective um, because those modalities are very powerful ways to get into the root system to heal the root system in in various in various ways and if we look at the practice of shamanism and and calling on your ancestors and ancestral healing um, if we go back to this idea of that everything has spirit and everything has an animating life force and if you choose to subscribe to the fact that prayer actually works and is doing something, um, that through prayer, um, so it creating a safe container for healing um, and through the power of prayer that we can access um, support and wisdom and guidance from our ancestors that have come before us who want us to heal because if if we heal like say that there's an ancestral imprint of of sexual abuse that has been passed down through the family line and and then here i am soraya in 2019 physical world doing my life and i'm noticing you know i've you know I've suffered my own version of the abuse mm -hmm. and I, and I choose to be like, okay, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to cry about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to, I'm going to set boundaries on it. I'm going to own it, you know, and I'm going to say, no, like I'm clearing this victim energy. I'm clearing this and I'm not going to say, if I have a daughter, I don't have children and I don't have this, but I'm just using this as an example, like I'm not going to pass this imprint to my child because I am going to deal with this. Like it, in the spirit realm, our ancestors are cheering us on. They're like, yeah, let's heal this because as we heal this in the human realm, they get healed because in the spirit realm, there is no time space. Mm reality it's it's all happening at the same time and i know that's hard to kind of wrap your head around no i mean it's not really i mean maybe it can be but um a couple episodes ago i interviewed some people who do family constellation they facilitate family constellations and i got to experience that for the first time and it was it was so shamanic soraya i was just like yeah. oh my god i'm not even high on anything but this is like really <laughs> happening and chills all over and i'm like crying everyone is going through it. And one of the things they said is that when we do that work, we're affecting seven generations, the present yeah. one, three before, and then three to come. 
So like, that's really important stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how does the, the, Okay, so at the, at the Family Constellation, it was all about, you know, addressing your ancestors and talking it through and that kind of thing. And it was really powerful and really sweet. But it made me start to think about the session that we had, because I had, uh, for the listeners, I had a really amazing session with Soraya a couple of years ago um, with the shamanic breath work. So how does the breath work, how does breathing have anything to do with spirits and ancestors? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good question. Um... Well, first of all, I want to say I don't know anything. I Great, don't know, neither do I. <laughs> I don't know anything about anything. You know, I am not claiming to be an expert on any of this stuff. I just receive information intuitively and, and figure stuff out. So, um, so I can give you kind of what, what, I, what I think, what I feel about it. And um, so if we get back to like what is shamanic what is shamanic healing? What is shamanism? What is the application of like, quote unquote, like shamanic healing? And that like, it traditionally in shamanic healing, there is a way to journey. So there, there is a journey that happens. Either the client is journeying um, and the practitioner is, is journeying at the same time, or the practitioner or the quote unquote shaman um, is journeying for the client to, to receive information or to work on some healing in the spirit realm or to work with the ancestors. You can think of the, the shamanic practitioner or shaman is kind of is the bridge between the spirit realm and the human realm. It's like the intermediary, uh-huh. right? And so, um, the journey, the shamanic journey is also like the, the, the vehicle or the, you know, the spaceship (laughs) that gets you to, opens you up and kind of pops the cork to be able to communicate with the spirit realm, with the ancestors and frequencies. And, And so, um, and so the breath work, so, so there's different ways to journey. There's different, there's, there's drumming, you know, a lot of Native, Native American shamanic journeying is done with, with drumming. And, um, and I don't even think it started in the Native tra- um, traditions. I think it was like Mongolian. I don't, I don't know exactly, but there's drumming, there's dancing, there's like the whirling dervishes, you know, that's a form of shamanic journeying. It's like mm-hmm. these dance, dances and there's singing, there's like chanting and like really deep, you know, trance, like chanting and singing that takes you into a trance state. Um, there's ingesting plant medicines like um, peyote or ayahuasca or psilocybin and, um, or other forms of psychedelics that aren't plant-based. Um, and then there is breathings, breath work. Um, the breath work, the holotropic breath work, I'm not trained under Stan Groff, but I use the same technique um, that was developed by Stanislav Groff, who was one of the early LSD researchers and was um, looking at how LSD created really deep healing for people. And, um, you know, in all of that amazing research that they were finding, and then they outlawed LSD. And so he went on a journey to find uh, something that would be 
free and safe to and legal to induce a state of um, non-ordinary reality for demonic yeah. journeying. And he found that this breathing technique worked really well for that. <laughs> it does lots of other things too, but, um, but it, it is a, is a safe and legal way to kind of pop the lid and uh, open to receive information and also to clear um, stuck trauma and information in the body mm-hmm. through the, the hyperoxygenation of the body creates this really powerful release of stuck emotions and um, energy in the body. Yeah. And that's what Kundalini yoga is about too, largely, right? Is the, yeah. is the, is the breath and that releasing. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's about finding ways to access the non-ordinary sort of to get out of the monkey mind chatter of just this linear time, this linear structure that we're all in and just like to kind of like, I liked how you said to pop out and like to go into this formless sort of astral realm where we can be more receptive to the guidance of these sort of higher frequencies or more refined frequencies of of wisdom and intelligence, our, our higher self basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we can have these like big shamanic peak experiences where we release and get this deep healing and it's very cathartic and maybe see like colors or mandalas or receive um, information. I mean, the reason why I believe in all this stuff is because I gave myself an opportunity to have an experience of receiving information from other places through doing the shamanic work through receiving right. shamanic work. That's why through doing the breath work. Yeah. Breath yeah. Work or other forms of shamanic journeying. Um, but so we can have these experiences, but we also need to have the, the daily integration. We need to have the, you know, the human stuff that we got to have the human and the spirit, you know, um, they, you, you can't bypass we can't bypass our humanity with the spirit, you know? Um, and I think that that's often a, you know, a, a, a route that a lot of people want to go because they don't want to feel they're tired of their human life. It's boring. It's hard. Like you said earlier, it's difficult to be in this life, in this world, mm-hmm. like want to like feel better and, and get, you know, like, experience something bigger and amazing and you know, magical and all this and like the practice of sh- shamanism can do that but but we have to bring it back and anchor it and ground it into our human experience it's kind of like the saying like before enlightenment shop would carry water after enlightenment shop would carry water or after enlightenment do the laundry or something yeah, after the ecstasy comes the laundry and yeah <laughs> I don't think I said it quite right, but you said it well. Um, So hearing you say that makes me think, okay, after this interview, I just want to like do some breathing. Like I'm like, I just want to like do some breathing. So jump in. And I'm curious. So do you prescribe that kind of thing? Like um, can people do holotropic breathing or shamanic breathing on their own? Or do you need to do it in a, in a, in a group or with a, a teacher or something? Um, you can do um, holotropic breathing on your own. Um, 
people with certain um, conditions should not do holotropic breathing. People with heart disease, people who are pregnant after a certain um, point in the pregnancy, um, people with epilepsy, um, people on certain medications. So I recommend if you're interested in, um, in breath work for shamanic journeying, um, uh, what I've kind of, I've called what I do ritual breath work. Um, mm. and it's basically, yeah, just breath work for shamanic journeying to find a guide or a group where, um, you can just be really safe and kind of, um, do it for the first time with someone else. But once you know that you can do it and it's right for you and you understand kind of how it goes that you can absolutely do it by yourself. And I definitely, let my clients know that they can do it. I give it like, I give it to my clients a lot to help them follow like people with chronic insomnia. And it's not like the full experience where you're just like, you know, like going to like a deep trance, but the three part breathing um, is really good for just like calming the mind and clearing and, you know, getting into a meditative state where you can fall asleep in a really good way. Yeah. I totally have chronic insomnia. And what, it's just weird. Like I know that the breathing helps, but I also know that exactly 23 milligrams of THC chocolate also puts me out for the entire night. And I guess I'm just lazy sometimes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's like, well, how do you feel the next day? Maybe well, I actually, I feel great because I think my tolerance is so high at this point, but I don't dream and th I miss dreaming because that's freaking important. I think to like get these little cues from the higher self through the dream world. Yeah, and I think it goes back to that, like, is it is it good medicine? Yeah, I know. I know, Soraya, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Only you know that. You know? I know. It, it just, yeah. I guess, it makes me sleep, and then I have energy the next day, but I, I think there's, you know, a better way to do it. But enough about me. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so, like, besides telling people that they can do the shamanic breath work on their own afterwards, so there's that tool. What is, like just a basic little handful of things that you recommend to your clients or to people in general with dealing with burnout and like this super fast paced society where there's information overload everywhere you look. Um, what is like a handful of like practices or habits that like you feel are like the most crucial to, yeah. to integrate into your day? Yeah. Well, you know, as you know, I'm a big fan of Kundalini yoga. Right. Um, and it's not because I think that Kundalini yoga is like the best yoga and it's better than all of the other yogas. I think yoga, all the different styles of yoga have their amazing, you know, benefits and can be helpful in different ways. But um, the reason why I recommend Kundalini yoga is because you get a lot out of a short amount of time and we're all busy and have, you know, a lot to do and you can really reset your nervous system and like clear out your subconscious mind and, you know, equalize your, your emotional body and really get yourself into balance in like 15 minutes, you know, or less. Yeah. Just like a couple of Kriyas or something. Yeah. You know, so, um, I highly recommend regular Kundalini, um, Kriyas and I give most of my clients, um, um, just a short Kundalini practice that you can do every day to help you out. And, um, salt baths are really good. You right. know, 
regular Epsom salt baths with like a lot of salt in the bath, like a good couple cups to um, soothe and um, your muscles and, but also just clears out um, energy from the day, um, like energetic stuff you've picked up from your environment or other people. That's really helpful. Um, just really like the main thing, the main, main thing um, that I think would greatly benefit everyone <laughs> in this current environment is to really practice um, slowing down, mm. like really slowing down and not like, not just like your external speed, but like your internal speed, you know, mm. that we can actually move through our lives and get all of the things done and have our internal speed at a, at a slower pace. And, um, and like being willing to not know, like being willing to disengage from the constant process of planning, strategizing, trying to figure things out um and that mind churn oh. and the slowing down and the practicing just like being in that state of not knowing um is a very powerful way to reset and um get more energy and vitality but it's really hard for people to do because when you actually authentically do it um it drops you into your heart and then you have to really, you, then you're feeling feelings in your heart and transmuting that energy in your heart. Mm. And we have to be really safe and kind of ready for that. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting piece. Yeah. Because I, it is, it, it's so hard. Like I am a chronic rusher I just got it from my parents and I just rushed through life. And then like a couple of weeks ago, my boss pulled me aside on a Monday. He said, listen, Christoph, you got to throttle back. You're just like going way too fast and you got to chill out. You're 40 now. And I was like, okay, I got it. I'm going to slow down. And I'm still just like full throttle until that same Friday when I'm cutting a piece of wood and the skill saw kicked back over my hand. And I'm like, Oh my God, I really, really get it. Like, slow down, dude. And, and I have been now, I mean, starting to learn, but it, it takes some work. Yeah, yes, it's just slowing down, you know, and it all helps like the, the daily practice, like, you know, getting, getting some kind of healing work regularly if you can afford it and, um, you know, or trying to find affordable ways to like receive healing like acu there's like acupuncture clinics right like you know people that are just starting out they charge less or but like regular healing uh i highly recommend massages acupuncture you know whatever you feel drawn to and then the daily practice of you know kundalini or meditation or some kind of daily practice of just like breathing and moving your body and being with yourself um slowing down doing nothing getting in a bath relaxing you know just resting yeah. <laughs> like 15 minutes of doing nothing um all of those things support 
your effort or, or non-effort in slowing down mm. and present and feeling what's happening in your body and feeling what's happening in your heart. Like it's really hard to have that level of awareness and presence and awareness of like how fast we're going and to consciously slow down and to choose what, what we think. I mean, that mindfulness, you know, choosing what we think and how we speak and how we want to communicate and slowing down and not reacting when something feels triggering. All of that, which I bundle into kind of like self-mastery. Yeah. You know, um, to be able to be more masterful in those ways, we have to uh, get to the roots, like yeah. back to the roots, right? And that's kind of like this layer of like, if you think of it like a tree, there's like the subconscious and the and the ancestral and the familial and, you know, and then there's like, you know, your daily, your daily life and everything that you have to get done. And then there's like, how you are navigating your thoughts and your speech and your speed of how you move in the world and all of that like if you choose and not everybody chooses this to want to like really cultivate that kind of mastery you have to be willing to look at the whole package <laughs> you know all the way back to the ancestors and the patterns that have been you know passed down um i i believe Ref create that level of like refinement and mastery in our lives. Yeah. But like to even look at the whole package, you have to get to a place where you like have slowed down enough yeah. and created at least some little window of time in your freaking life of nonstop to-do lists to like back out and zoom out and be like, okay, here's the whole package. Like here are some of the aspects, here are the roots, here's the tree. Oh yeah. This is the trunk. Yeah. I, I find like with all the best intentions, you know, life catches up and, and that's, that's a little bit of a challenge, but, but also it's like the more you slow down, it's, you kind of get more done actually. Like, cause you're not just frenetically spinning. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I just had that experience, you know, I had all of these things that needed to get done and all of these deadlines and all the things. And, um, my assistant was like, you know, I had plans to go receive some healing and um and uh be with you know our healer friends which is how we met and um and she was like well can't you can't you just wait can't you just go another time like we have all this stuff to do and and i was like no like i like no like i know that if i go and do healing on myself and i and i unplug from all of this, that when I come back, everything that is on the to-do list that needs to get done is going to happen in, in so much more of a good way. Yeah. My energy and inspiration and the love that I want to bring through my writing and through my work and all the things that we're creating is like, is going to be so much better, you know, totally. <laughs> than from like all the things I got to do all the things and I was going to be able to all that, you know? And so I, I, I really want to say like how important that is. Like everybody's like going from the outside in, like got to do the things, got to make the money, got to have the, all the, da, 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 you know, and then we're going to feel okay, but it really doesn't work that way. You have to feel well. And then everything comes from that. It's so true. It's like, cause we'll never get this three dimensional reality aligned in just the right way so that we can feel totally peaceful. Like there's always going to be something right. That's just a nail in your side. And 
the only logical thing is like be like okay this is the reality that's happening and it's totally um transitory and i'm just going to choose to like find this like peace and happiness like now Mm -hmm. regardless of what's happening it's easier said than done though huh oh all of this is easier (laughs) 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 but it's still good to talk about because then we can remember it and like it a little bit further along the way totally yeah yeah we need to remember and we need to consistently remind each other yeah by like doing these kinds of interviews because hopefully somebody is hearing this and they're resonating with what we're talking about and they get excited about it and then they find a piece of it that they want to practice and then they share it with somebody else and then they help somebody else remember amen that's exactly my intention i heard a really beautiful quote from ama not too long ago and then she said if you um this was at the constellation there ama devotees and and this woman vina she said uh, relayed this quote that ama said if you just make a difference in one person's life that's a huge accomplishment Mm -hmm. it's like yeah it really is because one person makes a difference in one other person's life and it just ripples through and and, th- and that's kind of like my hope with this podcast is that if I just, like you said, if just one person hears this and starts doing like a five minute yoga kundalini yeah. in the morning, that's huge. And, and I have had little like calls from people who, who say, wow, man, your show has really been helping me a lot. I'm like, one person, sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's, it's fun, you know, because it helps me too. It helps me to remember. Mm-hmm. And amidst all the chaos and the noise and the information, it's it's so crucial. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I was just remembering the time that we hung out after a ceremony, and like, we hung out like for like twelve hours just talking about like this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's why I. No, I hadn't thought of that for a while until just now. I'm like, oh, that was so fun. <laughs> I know. And I got excited about our conversation today. I was like, oh, it's gonna flow so well. Like we really we do well talking about this stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it it does. It really inspires me to like keep doing this, these conversations, and to keep sharing this kind of stuff, um, yeah. and and to like integrate more of it into my into my own life. Because I was like looking at some of your blog posts and that kind of thing. I really like the one about anger and rage, by the way. Oh, thank you. You read Was that just recent? You just you just posted that on Medium. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote that a, about a month ago, but um, it's on my website. But we just put it up on Medium. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's that was really sweet. Yeah. Thank you. That's a whole nother rabbit hole, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what what's your time frame. I I kind of have to go pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, I have to go. I have to, and I need to eat something before my next thing. So. Okay, <laughs> sweet. Well, maybe we can do this again sometime in the future. Yeah, I would love that. And I just want to say that. Um, if uh, if anybody wants to check out my work or my blog postings or I have an online program that's starting up in January, um, I'm creating a conscious partnership. So either calling in conscious partnership or up leveling the partnership that you're already in. It's a whole he- self healing program um, as well as uh, my healer training. Um, so I train people to do what I do and that's going to be starting up in February of next year. So we're taking applications for both of those programs right now. And, um, you just go to ritualwork.com and visit the programs page. 
and you can read about all of my upcoming programs. And um, if you go to the events page, you can see my upcoming workshops and um, would love to see anybody that wants to come check it out. Nice. Yeah. Total plug for Soraya. Like the session that we had was amazing and yeah, good work. And I totally recommend everyone go visit that ritualwork.com. Yeah, ritualwork.com. Ritualwork.com. Okay. And you're not, are you accepting um, individual, you're not accepting individual clients anymore? Or are you just totally like, no, I am, I am, I'm taking, I'm taking clients. I'm just, um, I'm, I'm not taking as many clients. Um, no. But yeah, if somebody wants to come see me for private work, just um, email me through the website and um, we'll set up a consultation. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Christoph. Thank you for having me.